Welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Happy Monday. Welcome to the program covering uh, a few things on the uh, the show today. We got a bunch of football talk, both professional and college. Uh, we'll dive into the baseball rumors surrounding my favorite team, the Toronto Blue Jays, and we'll look at the UFC card that happened over the weekend. So a lot to get to on this show today, as you can see uh, behind me, we're getting a little festive here. Um, so yes, thank you all so much for tuning in today. As always, you can find me on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. I'm at primetimeklein, twitch.tv slash primetimepk, and you can email this show, Diary at yahoo.com. Um, that's pretty well it. I'm not going to do Flames on this one. I did the Flames game on Game Over on Saturday, so check that out on the SDPN YouTube channel. But we got a lot to talk about that isn't the Flames. Let's get into some football talk. Another week basically in the books as we await the Bengals and Jags in a couple of hours here on Monday Night Football. But uh, just a few, this is going to be a bit more of a you know, quick hitter show, sort of a, a thing today. Um, the San Francisco 49ers, San Francisco 49ers make an absolute statement in this game, just absolutely beaten down on the Philadelphia Eagles. And th this is what I was saying before, like I can't, I had to put the Eagles at one in the power rankings because of like the, the, the schedule that they had had. But no one was playing better football than San Francisco. And we'll get into those discussions a little bit later on, a little bit later on in college. But the, the 49ers, when everyone is playing at their best, I think San Francisco wins. That is how talented I think this San Francisco team is. Um, Brock Purdy may not be the best quarterback out there, but he is enough to get the ball in the hands of these playmakers and have that be what you need. It is a remarkable run that he has been on and that this team is on. And you just look at it. like it, It's also a statement game for Debo Samuel, right? Like this is... A, a player that I, I think has kind of been slept on over the last couple of seasons. But this is someone who has stepped up here in this game with a couple of touchdowns. Ayuk stepping up, um, like Christian McCaffrey as always, and this defense put on a show. Like this was, this was the stamp that the San Francisco 49ers were going to put on this season, really. Like, hey, they may, they may end up with the best record, but y'all know who the best team is. And that best team is San Francisco. And that is, I think, an eye-opener for Philadelphia. You know, they lost to the Jets. You can kind of uh, fell asleep at the wheel at that one, whatever. But, like, all of the, hey, they're not playing their best games, but they're still beating these teams. That goes away when you're not playing your best teams and you get shit-kicked on uh, basically a primetime stage. So, um, th this, was, this was quite the statement that was made by the 49ers. Uh, another what-the-fuck performance from the LA Chargers. A 6-0 win over the New England Patriots. Again, it's abysmal in LA. And I am again stunned that I am recording this at 4.07 Mountain Time on a Monday and Brandon Staley still has a job. And I understand they won, but fuck me. Like, this team, it shouldn't look like that. Ever. Ever, ever, ever it shouldn't look like that. Just an absolutely atrocious performance. They win. So great. But I don't care. Like, it's, it's just bad. And it feels like just an absolute waste of a team with the LA Chargers, with what's going on there right now. Uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, it's starting to get concerning now, I think. that that's an, It's another underwhelming performance, and the underwhelming performances are now starting to outweigh the good performances. Like, we've only had a couple of, okay, here are the Chiefs. We, we've only had a couple of those this season. 
and it's starting to add up. They, they are not probably going to be the one seed in the AFC. That buy, I think, is going to be very important for guys like Kelsey and them who are like talented but getting up there in age um, and getting kind of beat around. So th this team is going to have a bit of a trek to get into the playoffs. Right now, they're a four seed. So that would mean they would host round one. They'd host the wild card. Then they have to go road division, road conference final, and then a Super Bowl game out in Vegas. So... It's it's not looking good for the Kansas City Chiefs if they want to be a championship contending team this season. Um, but that's a good one. This is, this, finally, this is the Green Bay Packers team we thought was going to show up. This was the Green Bay Packers team that we wanted to, to see throughout this season. And now it's finally starting to come on. And some of those talks, like after that Raiders game, the talk like, oh man, maybe they don't have the quarterback. Uh, that can go away for a little bit because Jordan, Lo Jordan Love has been looking like a dude the last couple of weeks and this offense that we were waiting to, to step up has arrived. So th this is some real positivity around Green Bay right now. Uh, what else? Oh, told y'all about the Dolphins. Told you, told y'all. And look, I'm not on an island here. The, the one seed in the AFC and one of the best offenses we've ever seen. But no, I told you. But look, like that, that, that spread was insulting to the Dolphins and they treated that game as if they were insulted. As if the, the, the odds makers gave them bulletin board material. Because um, holy shit, did they kick the crap out of Washington. And the fact that you don't double Tyreek Hill on every play now is astounding. Like, it, like... I get Jalen Waddle, man, but fuck, come on. There is, it's just an absolute nightmare to defend this team. And now you're looking at Miami. We've said this coming into the season. This was a defense that was going to take some time to figure out the new system, but was going to come along. Yes, they are banged up on the defensive side of the football, no question. But this is still, I think, a team that should be the favorite right now. To one of the to, the favorite to win the AFC, uh, I was gonna say Super Bowl, but I remembered that San Francisco 49ers exist. But still, that this is a team that has a real opportunity to go real far here in the AFC. Uh, the Falcons win ugly again; they lead this division, but it, it remains the same. Like, how do you have all of these stars on the offensive side and have it look like that? And now the Jets' defense came to play. Um, and now there's reports today that the the Jets, like uh, Zach Wilson, doesn't want to start games um he's worried about injury and stuff like that which i mean fair that offensive line's atrocious but that is not what you want from um the, the star pupil under aaron Rodgers over the next couple of years and what another reminder that aaron Rodgers should not be playing football this year for the new york jets uh but the, the atlanta falcons like they have a big matchup against tampa bay this week and they're probably gonna win it by like three it's gonna be a 12-9 football game because that's all they do but it's, it's winning ugly out in Atlanta, but they're going to make the playoff probably coming off of it. Uh, the Lions defense, again, having some issues. They pick up a win over New Orleans, but th this Lions secondary and this Lions defense continues to give up big points after big points. Uh, now, the good thing is, is that's a good defense that you put up a lot of points on. So you, you can feel pretty optimistic about what's going on there with the Detroit Lions, but uh, not necessarily a performance to really hang your hat on, I think, for, for Detroit. Anyway, uh, the Colts survive. They're hanging around in this playoff race. The Texans pick up a win. Um, like, this is... This is going to be a fun playoff race in the AFC. But I, I would ask, like, with the Texans getting this win, 
Um, like the, the Colts just continue to, to find ways and Gardner Minshew continues to, to find ways on the Texans side. We're going to need, and we're going to get into it next. We're going to need the college football playoff committee to put the Texans in over the, the Browns and the, the Steelers. Cause I, I don't want to see those teams. I want to see the Texans. That's, that's what I want. Um, which is I, not a sentence I thought I would say at the beginning of the year. So there's just a couple quick uh, thoughts through the NFL. Let's get to college football. The massive debate this week is who should get in. So for those who aren't big college football fans, it was conference championship week in the NFL, or in in college football, sorry. The number one team in the land, the Bulldogs of Georgia, um, came in as number one in the, the, the college football playoff. They played Alabama in the Southeastern Conference, the SEC championship game. Uh, Alabama was ranked eighth. Alabama went on and beat those boys from Atlanta or out from Georgia out in Atlanta. Um, so they have a pretty compelling pick case. Washington beats Oregon, um, a, a team that was fifth in the, the, the playoff ranking. So they get in that, that one seems pretty obvious. Texas has a pretty good claim to it because they go out and win the big 12 championship. They have a win over Alabama, um, at, uh, earlier in the season. And then you get to Florida state who win the ACC, the Atlantic Coast Conference, but they have an injury at quarterback, and it has not been aesthetically pleasing over the last little bit. And so this is where the discussion is. And so, like, quite frankly, the one lock was Washington. After that, you could make a compelling case. Like, Georgia has a compelling case to, to get in. Um, being the number one team for basically the entire season and having a 29-game winning streak just come to an end now. You have Alabama with a compelling argument to get in. Um, they just beat that number one team. Like, uh, among the biggest wins this season, they now have the big one, beating Atlanta and snapping that 29-game winning streak. Um, Texas has a marquee win, right? Like, they, they beat Bama. And then you have Florida State, who the, the ACC is admittedly a weaker conference than than the SEC no no one is going to no one is going to deny that but it also like it, it hasn't looked quite as good but they were undefeated and won their conference so you know it should that matter and in the end the message was uh no it shouldn't their biggest one of the year they beat number 5 LSU um week 1 like to start the year they um I was going to say neutral site. Not really. It was in Orlando. Um, but they, they go out and they beat LSU week one to start the season. But then after that, you don't see a little ranking thing beside any of their opponents until Louisville. But they still, like, they, they win a conference championship. They were in a playoff spot before and get knocked out of it. That That is what ends up happening, for those who aren't aware. Uh, so the four playoff teams are Washington, your Pac-12 champions. Um, you have... Alabama getting in. I'm missing one now in this whole rundown of this. What team am I blanking on? Um, but you have you have Alabama, you have Texas, you have Washington all get in. And why am I missing this last one? It's funny. You Google this and all of the stories are, why was Florida State left out of the college football playoff? It's a really difficult decision, obviously, that they had to make. In, in all of this, uh, it was Michigan. Michigan was number one. That was the obvious one. Michigan was another, Michigan was another gimme. They beat Ohio State, um, and then won their, their conference title. So, um, all of that was wildly disorganized and I should have wrote the teams down. Um, but the point being like coming into this, Michigan was a lock. Washington was pretty much a lock. 
But then you can make a pretty good case for Texas, Alabama, Florida State, and Georgia. Ohio State had a bit of a one, but not really. Um, but you, you, you had compelling cases for all of them. And it comes down, like Georgia kind of just is out because they just lost. Florida State, the argument against Florida State is, yeah, like they, they've had a very good season. No one is denying that. But because of the injuries, they are not one of the four best teams in football right now. And this has always been something with college football, whether it was just who won the national championship because there wasn't always a national title game with the BCS where they just picked the top two teams and you played for the national championship um, or whether it's the college football playoff. Now, style points have always mattered. And I, I think that has finally come to bear here. Um, like you could make a very compelling case for Alabama to not be in. And I, quite frankly, I probably would make that case. You have Florida State that went undefeated and won one of the big five conferences. That should be enough to get you in over an Alabama team that is peaking at the right time. No one's doubting that. But at the beginning of the year, they looked a little trash. Like this looked like a down season for Alabama and it ends with them being the four seed in a playoff. But this looked like a down season for Alabama, but they start to figure it out. And that's a, a legitimately really good win against Georgia. On um, on Saturday afternoon into the evening there. I just, I find it so hard to believe that Florida State is not in this. Like, they're, they're a conference champion who went undefeated and beat a top five team and are still out. Now, that top five win got uh, lesser as the season went on. LSU ends up being the 13th ranked team in the country. Um, so they wouldn't have even made the playoff from the next year, which is like, it, it's changing to 12. So all of this kind of becomes mute and we're talking about, oh, well, does Louisville deserve to be in even after losing the college or the, the, the ACC title game, which is going to be boring, but the, 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 there's a lot of like, oh, well, the committee would never keep the SEC in Alabama out of, out of it. And look like, it, it's not like the, the SEC championship went to a team that finished seven and five here, right? This is a, a one-loss team whose one loss was to a team in the playoff. So it, it it's tough to discredit Alabama. I just can't imagine going 13-0 and being like, well, your quarterback got hurt, so your season's done. You can't win a, uh, you can't win a championship. Hope you enjoyed that other one, that, that conference title. Hope, hope that was fun for you because uh, this big one, it ain't happening for you this year, guys. Sorry. It's so wild. It is so well. And again, like a lot of this goes away with the, the 12 teams. I think 12 is too much. I think eight would have been perfect. We're going to only have four um, big conferences next year. Just have the four winners and then four um, four at-large bids and, and away you go. But for Florida State to not make it, it feels... It feels like a robbery. Like they they felt more deserving than than Alabama did. But then like you're looking at Georgia and it's like, okay, well, Alabama gets in with their only loss being to a team in the playoff. Well, our only loss is to a team in the playoff. Why didn't we get in? Now, they're not, like Alabama ends up getting ranked fourth. So you're not going to put Georgia in ahead of them. So that's, that's why I think that kind of stacked out that way. But all of this, like there, there's some people who will say like, oh, this is a disgrace for college football. College football loves this. Make no mistake about it. Do you know how glued in to the college football playoff um, announcement everyone was? on Sunday to see how this was going to go. Everyone was so, this was, this is so much better than in years where it's like, I don't know, pick a fourth to lose by a hundred to Georgia. Go for it. Who cares? 
that this this is good for college football. It is frustrating for college football fans, but for college football, the NCAA is eating this whole thing up because y'all are talking about that over what happened on an NFL Sunday. As it is, it's going to be a fun playoff. Um, Michigan against Alabama is going to be a marquee matchup. Washington against Texas will be fun as well. And then we're going to get a pretty good national championship either way. But this is going to be, this brought out a lot of conversation over the last little while. And I just, it is such a bummer to Florida State to not get in based on perception over the last couple of weeks. That just, that feels so gross that the regular season in this way now didn't matter to that extent. So that that really does suck for Florida State. Um, all right, that's it for the football. Let's get into some baseball. It has been quite the weekend to be a Blue Jays fan, um, as they have been listed as one of the final two, potentially, in, in uh, getting Shohei Otani. Um, they are making an aggressive push, apparently, to get one Soto, um, which would be amazing. So it has been quite the thing. Like, there was one point in the weekend where I was like, man, if they don't get both, I'm going to be disappointed, right? Like, you just, you go through all the waves. And I, I want to be abundantly clear when I say this. I am still, and maybe this is just me like trying to not get too excited about things. The most logical way this goes, like odds are, the way this goes is Shohei to the Dodgers and Soto to the Yankees. That is probably how this will play out. And then the Blue Jays can play in other markets, right? They can try to get Bellinger. Um, there are some exciting free agents. And as we said before, this team isn't far away, but there are moves that need to be made to help this team grow a little bit. But I love how aggressive this Blue Jays team is being. They only have a couple of years left with Bo and Vladdy as cheap as they are. And I would suggest they only have one year left to get this thing off the ground to keep their jobs, that being Shapiro and Atkins. More Atkins than Shapiro. He's leading these giant renovations and doing a whole lot with the performance team. So he's probably going to be safe. Um, but I, I would imagine Atkins is general managing for his job right now, and so he's getting a little aggressive about it. But th this is this should have always been the mentality. This should be a team competing for World Series every year, not wildcard wins, um, given the pedigree of the prospects that have come through here, and given how good the pitching staff was a season ago. So it is nice to see this Blue Jays team be aggressive, and it's fun to dream on it, right? It's fun to dream on Shohei. It's fun to dream on Juan Soto. Could one of, like, that? they're... This isn't just, oh, and the Blue Jays uh, popped in with, a hey, you want to come to Canada? No, no, the Blue Jays are real players in this, and they they should be. Um, you look at, like, what, what Shohei Otani brings. Like, even if he can't pitch, which he won't in 2024, he is still probably the best hitter in baseball. And, like, in terms of money, pays for himself. I'll buy three jerseys the second he signs with the Blue Jays. Um, and, like, all the different endorsements and everything like that. For a shy guy, he definitely brings in the dollars. So that, like, investment-wise, pays for itself. Not a problem. For Juan Soto, um, I would... The, the list of people who would be untouchable for me in a Juan Soto trade, pretty small. Now, the downside with Juan Soto is he is one year away from free agency and you're not going to be able to re-sign him. Um, and that's like, they, they, they could be in the mix to re-sign him, but you're, you are going to make that move having to make the assumption that it's going to be for one year. 
that that has to be the assumption that you make because it it just he has already turned down 400 million dollar contracts so that he can see what free agency is like for him he's not going to on the brink of it oh yeah 375 in toronto that's not going to be the case you you are making that move knowing or having to assume anyway that you are only getting this guy for one year and so that's intimidating but either way it's great to see the blue jays in on this and just a quick note here if the Blue Jays get Soto and the Yankees don't, the, the the rioting amongst the New York fan base will be glorious. Oh, it'll be amazing. And then you'll get the, the, the smug, ah, he's just going to come here in a year anyway. Um, because that's worked out perfectly fine before for New York sports teams. But, like, it, it's it's so much fun to dream. I, I, I am trying to, like, catch myself sometimes. Just being like, look, pretty good chance they're not getting both. You know, this isn't a video game. Uh, this is real dollars and cents that are being spent. But it's nice to see Rogers putting that investment in them as well. So it's a fun offseason uh, already in baseball, and we're, we're just at the winter meetings now. Uh, let's wrap this thing up today with some fight talk. All right, a uh, pretty good UFC card over the weekend delivered. Back-to-back slam knockouts um, at one point, and you have, again, some statements made. Um, Armin Sarukian with a dominant performance over Benil Dariush, really planting that flag as one of the fighters to watch at 155 pounds. He's now calling out Justin Gaethje. That makes a ton of sense to me. But, like, this is now someone who has beaten down that door and is wanting a top-five shot and wants a title shot out of this. And... Tough to blame him. Um, that that was, it, it's a great performance and it's a huge win for him. Jalen Turner, um, the, a lot of the talk is about the stoppage and um, how Mark Hatley kind of let Bobby Green take about five too many shots to the, the unconscious head, which is not great. So that that like that is disappointing and it was a bad stoppage. But for Jalen Turner, this was the exact type of win that he needed to, again, kind of jumpstart things a little bit. He had... I would say a bit of a, a prospect luster to him. And some of that had been knocked off with back-to-back losses. But this was coming out there like, hey, just a reminder, I'm that dude. I'm still that dude. So watch out for me. Um, and then like Davison Figueredo, that was a really good performance against Rob Font. I was so impressed with how he was able to, to fight in that one. Um, I, I really, really enjoyed what he was able to do in that one. So, uh, what we're going to do here with the, these fights, uh, tomorrow, I wanted to do it today, but just the day got away. So tomorrow we're going to do a bonus fight show and that's going to take the place of a Wednesday show this week. Um, so tomorrow there's going to be two episodes, going to be our regular fantasy football stuff with the, uh, the, the bad fantasy football team and the waiver wire. And then whatever happens in sports tonight. Um, and then we're going to have a bonus fight show that breaks down because there was a ton of boxing. There was a ton of great stuff from the Ultimate Fighting Championships. We're going to get into all of that in detail on a bonus show tomorrow. And then we're still going to have uh, fights to make in the UFC coming up on Friday. So uh, that is going to do it for today. Thank you all so much for downloading. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Um, you can find this one on YouTube. When you do, hit subscribe, like the video, and you can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. And when you do that, subscribe, leave a rating, and review. You can find me on social media. I am at Primetime Klein, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, twitch.tv slash PK. And you can email this show, Diary at yahoo.com. Calm. So, two shows tomorrow, none on Wednesday, back to a regular one Thursday and Friday, and I will talk to all of you then. Have a wonderful evening, everyone, and uh, yeah, bye.